Lord. Among us. Cheers. Can you hear that in there? Let's try again. There. Yeah. You definitely heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is Rhyme and Reason, episode one. Do you have a title, or is that the title? Oh, um, I guess we could just figure it out later. Cream with Eddie, we might as well. (laughs) Spoilers. Just kidding. Oh, no. I mean, well, if that is the title, it doesn't really matter because then it's not a spoiler. But we could do something fun. What? Like, we could use, like, the word green in a way or something. (laughs) Something silly. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, they'll all know before we do because they will have seen it and are now listening. Don't tell us. You're probably wondering who we are, though. Yeah. So, let's introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Sadie. And I'm Christina. And we are Rhyme and Reason. Together, we become Rhyme and Reason. We're like a uniform being at this point. <laughs> yes. We're just two heads with distinct voices. <laughs> on, on one body. Yes. Envision that for us. Yeah. Go for it. Whatever you imagine that looks like. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, well, so thank you for tuning in. Well, that's not really right either. You're not tuning in to a podcast. Whatever you're doing, thank you for doing it, because now you're listening to us talk. I hope you're driving. (laughs) Pay attention. Or running. Maybe they're exercising. Ooh, hope you're healthy. I hope that, too. I hope all of you are healthy. Well, we're off to a good start. (laughs) Okay. Yay! (laughs) All right, so you might be wondering, what am I listening to? You're for sure wondering, why am I listening to the two of you? But we will tell you why, because we are all here, all of us together, all you guys and both of us, to go on a journey and explore our silly, beautiful, melting pot of a language that just takes from bits and pieces of things throughout time and other languages and other cultures and now we have what we have today and call it English. But we uh, want to explore how we use and develop idioms or expressions and phrases um, and their stories behind them or their ridiculousness behind them. Yeah, the meanings or how we've changed the meanings. Yeah, the history and then how we use them today versus maybe how they were meant to be used. Things like that. Mm-hmm. All right. But before we go anywhere, we should all be on the same page, which is another idiom we could talk about later. But I think we should point it out every single time. Every time. Should we have like a little... Boom. Yeah. Like a little bell to put in in post. Okay. Ding! When you hear this sound in post, the, it's we caught a phrase. We caught another one. <laughs> we caught it. We caught is it. Is it like a, like a bug? No, it's like a fish. Like a fish. Are we, we're fishing. <laughs> for phrases. <laughs> fishing for phrases. Okay, I wonder what sizes of fish different phrases are. <laughs> All right, so Sadie, do you know what an idiom is? I think I do, but I, I do. want you to tell me also. You want me to tell you? Okay. Yeah. Well, according to dictionary.com, an idiom is a group of words established by usage as having a meaning not deducible from those of the individual words. Example, it's raining cats and dogs doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually raining cats and dogs out of the sky. That's not what it's talking about. Oh, in case you were wondering, <laughs> that's not what it's talking about. Um, or green with envy doesn't really mean the person turns, like, physically green like a crayon. But Like violet, you're turning violet? Yes. I mean, in some situations, we'll get to it. Never mind. We're, we'll get there later. I'm getting ahead of myself. 
Anyway, an idiom is a collection of words that mean something unrelated to any of the words in the phrase. Does that make sense? Makes sense. All right. <laughs> Some synonyms for idiom, again, according to dictionary.com, because it's such a great source when it's you're talking very about valuable words. valuable source. It is. Uh, would be mode of expression, turn of phrase, phraseology, phrasing, phrase. Yes, there are four different versions of phrase in the synonyms. Are we phraseologists now? Maybe. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. We have to get there, though. Maybe that's like episode. <laughs> we're like, it's like a graduating <laughs> level. Right yeah. now, we're just like freshmen. Yeah. Maybe freshman like, phrase, phrase, phrases. By the end of season one, we'll be phraseologists. Oh. Can I get a shirt that says it? Yeah, we'll make shirts. Yes. We'll have to design shirts. Or if any of you guys want to submit anything that says phraseologist on it, you know, we're open to anything and everything you guys want to send to us. RhymeReasonPod at gmail.com. Um, also, uh, synonyms for idiom would be terminology, parlance, jargon, can- Pla- patter. I almost said platter. I would say that is not a synonym for an idiom. Patter, tongue, or vernacular, or for informal lingo. Lingo, like Duolingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, another definition of the word idiom, but not from uh, not for our purposes, but just wanted to mention it because it is a definition of the word. Is a characteristic mode of expression in music or art. Our episodes will mainly center around the first type of idiom with the phrase of words that don't necessarily mean what they individually mean, mm-hmm. um, not the second type. But we're all learning together, so you guys got to learn that little tidbit, too. Um, and then a second definition of idiom, arguably more easy to understand than the dictionary.com version, was from Wikipedia. Is an idiom is a phrase or an expression that has a figurative or sometimes literal meaning. Categorized as formulaic language, an idiom's figurative meaning is different from the literal meaning. Hmm. That sums it up nicely. Yeah. What do you think? Makes yeah. sense. All right, so we're going to explore all of those. Maybe not all of them, but a Every lot single of them. one. <laughs> well, a girl can dream, can she? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we use uh, turns of phrase or expressions and idioms throughout everyday language and stories and whether those are like movies or oral tales or things we write down, whatever. Um, We use them in art, in life, all the time. And we want to explore those with you and see what crazy history we can find and laugh at together about all these things. And hey, we will learn also. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So, are you ready to dive in? Yeah, what are we going to learn about today? We're going to explore green with envy. Ooh. Yeah. Exciting. (laughs) I guess it's timely, too, with St. Patrick's Day around the corner. True. True. Even though it's not Irish, necessarily. Another spoiler. I mean, (laughs) Irish people probably get jealous. It is true, but it doesn't, like, originate there. (laughs) It's a free free for all phrase. Irish people are more than welcome to use and say we're, this we're not phrase. we're not banning Irish people. No, every human on the planet can use this phrase in whatever language they want to use it in. Amazing, verde Spanish, exactly. Ha ha. Okay. <laughs> all right, so let's get into it. And I'm going back to dictionary.com because you know I've already said it's fantastic. I promise I won't only be there for this whole podcast, but. That's where we're beginning our journey. All right. 
So, um, <laughs> full of desire for someone's possessions or advantages, extremely covetous. For example, her fur, fur coat makes me green with envy. That's the example that they used on dictionary.com that uh, green with envy means to be so covetous and wanting of someone else's possession that it's just like taking over that what you're thinking about that's all you can think about um in that moment maybe not like all together but you're full of envy have you ever been full of envy i don't i don't really think so not might have had like a drop or two but yeah not like a full cup right of envy I imagine that would just dominate your thoughts. Yeah. Maybe when I was a child. I think children really experience it. Or teenagers. Like, yeah. Teenagers get pretty envious. Yeah. Of like, your boyfriend. <laughs> or things like that. But yeah, kids do it all the time. Like with, like, oh, I really want your toy. Well, also, kids, this is a totally different topic. <laughs> But the idea of sharing is, like, isn't that cultural? It's something we learn. Yeah. Um, And I guess that we grow into, too, as we're just developing our brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Me first is usually the first instinct of humans. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so being full of desire for someone else's possessions or advantages. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a tangible thing. Mm. It could be... Um, well, some people would think this is a tangible thing, but the love of another, mm-hmm. like wanting to have what another couple has and mistakenly thinking that, oh, if I could just get that girl for myself, I will have what they have. But that's, mm-hmm. that's misplaced. Or, but like, I want that person's status in life or mm-hmm. job or wealth or what, what have you. Mm-hmm. It could be any of those things. So Shakespeare first described, uh, or I don't know if it was first, but he did describe envy as the green sickness, and he did so in Anthony and Cleopatra 3-2. Would that be scene? No, act three, scene two. There you go, I got it. Um, Okay, but the current phrase dating from the mid-1800s is one of the most often heard, green with envy. So Shakespeare said the green sickness. Mm Mm-hmm. Which really, that describes the essence of jealousy, mm-hmm. I guess. Because you could also think of it as, like, the that pit in your stomach that you get when you're, when you feel jealous of yeah. something. Like, imagine you see someone you care about or, like, an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend with their new, their new something, their, their new, new flame or whatever. Yeah, their new boo. And whatever, they're not doing anything. They're just, like, holding hands, walking through the mall or wherever but that like pang in your in your stomach that like flash yeah like you kind of you almost feel like you're gonna be sick mm-hmm. that makes sense right i think so um so yeah shakespeare used it then but a related phrase green-eyed monster or the personification and embodiment rather of jealousy was a phrase coined between 1595 and 1605 and was also used by shakespeare in his work othello a side note, Shakespeare's tragedy, tragedy, Othello, is based on the story Un Capitano Moro, A Moorish Captain, by Cynthio, and was first published in 1565. But back to green-eyed monsters. I just wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Othello, Act 3, Scene 3, 
where Iago says, Oh, beware, my lord, of jealousy. It is the green-eyed monster which doth mock the meat it feeds on. Um, wow. Is the, an example of using it in in a work where it's very clearly expressing it as jealousy and monstrous and giving it all these negative characteristics. Um, and Shakespeare really has a way with words, that one. <laughs> and we don't really use the green-eyed monster too much uh, today. I wouldn't say we use that in everyday life as much, but no. I really like the imagery yeah. behind it. I think that's. I think I heard that phrase first, like before I heard, like green with envy. Mm-hmm. It's like green eyed monster, and I remember like asking like, what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> What's that about? But you still, even when you're like, what does that mean? You still get the idea like this is something. It's not that good. This is, this is bad. good. I don't want that. Because yeah. who wants to be jealous of something? No, right? No, yeah, you don't want that feeling. Nope. Anyway, also gives the. Um, like, Iago is conveying to Othello to beware, like, don't be wary of it, like, know that that's there, like, that it's something that can, um, that can get you, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's enticing at first, like, coveting something can be harmless, and, like, oh, I have a, I have a crush on my, on my, uh, friend's spouse, or I really like that car, I mean, I don't know if you're gonna go steal the person's car, but, you know, that would be extreme. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't steal cars. But, uh, who was I? Stealing cars. Stealing cars. Don't do it. <laughs> That's where I was. <laughs> um, you can covet something, like, innocently enough just by ab- desiring something similar to what another person has or mm-hmm. wanting to have that more, I don't know, abstractly. Not necessarily that specific thing that the person has. Yeah. But then it could get dark. And, like, you could covet in the way that would be tragic, like, for... Like, you obsess over it. Right. Or um, you do something that in your mind at the time, because it's so clouded, makes sense for you to get what you want. But then, like, say you you steal away a person from from someone else. You're never going to have the ideal thing that you want because... It's a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's something like what he, what Iago says in Othello, uh, doth mock the meat it feeds on, could be seen as like, it's enticing you. Yeah. Come get this. And then that's your, ultimately the root of your downfall. Right. Um, and then also, some people say that this line might allude to cats who are often green-eyed and who tease their prey, which could be seen in a similar oh. sense, like this thing that you covet or that you're jealous of or for um, is teasing you and also, again, will be, like, the source of whatever bad is to come for you. Yeah. That makes... That's really... That's actually really interesting because cats totally do that. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, saying the phrase is, like, you know, it seems okay to be jealous in your mind, but actually, like, it's really bad. It's really, really bad for you. Yeah. Like, it's really terrible for you to, like, play that kind of fantasy out in your head. Well, and also, just imagine the green-eyed monster. If, so you know something's monstrous, but you, but it's green-eyed. Is that the most distinguishing characteristic, or is that the only characteristic? Because right. imagine it's dark, and it's like a, like if you're alluding to it like a cat, With you like would only eyes. see giant green eyes. Yeah. 
but you'll hear hissing and you'll hear something quick and you'll know that there's stealth and moving or you like have that feeling of dread, especially if it's a large cat, like a lion or yeah. a panther or something Ooh. more predatory than Arthur. <laughs> By the way, Arthur is my cat, one of my cats, who may or may not interrupt the podcast at times. He wants makes to some guest appearances. Yeah, he wants to be famous. He also wants to just be the center of attention. So <laughs> there's that. You might hear him one day, too. Who knows? Who knows? Um, there's another cat in this house, also. Her name is Bela. You will not hear her, though. She's silent. Mostly. She's Most mostly of the silent. Time. Unless she's really hungry, then she'd be like, Feed me! <laughs> Why haven't you fed me yet? It's been all day! But that's the only time she talks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, enough about cats. Um, oh, no, you know what? No, not enough about cats. <laughs> Actually, more about cats. More about them. Because speaking of jealousy, like the green-eyed monster or green with envy, I guess cats could be considered jealous creatures. Oh, my God. <laughs> when you think of it in, in that sense. Yeah. Anytime I'm, like, petting Bela, all of a sudden Arthur is just like, hey, hey, hey me, look at me. Hello. I'm I'm the cool one. Hello, obviously. I'm I'm the baby. I'm the baby of the family. By like two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Totally jealous. Um right, so jealousy, same with green with envy. Um according to a lovely Quora.com user. Quora. I think it's Quora is how you pronounce it. Q-U-O-R-A. Uh, dot com. There's this user on there, uh, him and uh, online etymology dictionary. Uh, both he cited them, and I got to peruse on there. So according to them, they're a pretty wonderful resource for this. The association of green with jealousy, as opposed to envy, is attested since around the time of Shakespeare, notably in Othello, as we mentioned before. However, Shakespeare probably did not invent this use. Green was already associated with sickness, and the overproduction of yellow-green bile had long been associated with jealousy and other restless emotions. Still, it's likely that Shakespeare at least helped popularize this association with his work and then the theater adaptations of it. Mm -hmm. French sometimes say verge jalouis, although not sure if that has anything to do with Shakespeare or not, but it does translate to green or directly green of jealousy but it probably translates a little bit differently if you're actually translating it but yeah green of jealousy is what it looks like huh. so similar um a number of sources suggest that quote green with envy as opposed to jealousy came later on and was influenced by shakespearean usage some also claim that yellow predates green here uh, a google Ingram viewer that this guy links back off to. I will link that off to the show uh, in the show notes, along with all the other websites and other sources that I have. I'll put down there for you guys. Um, but and it shows both green with jealousy and green with envy appearing in the early 19th century, with the latter taking off significantly in the 1850s. Quote yellow with envy also appears at the same time, but doesn't quite take off. I don't really think that has the same ring to it. What do no. you think? Yellow, yellow. Yellow with envy. I mean, I guess I guess I'm, like, predisposed to, like, prefer green with envy, right? Well, yeah, because like, that's what we grew up with. But yellow with envy, 
I don't know, maybe it's just the multi-syllable yellow. Green, yellow. Like That's true. It's, you know, it doesn't like roll off the tongue as much as <laughs> uh, like other phrases do. Right. But yeah. Yellow the, with envy. Yellow with envy. But that's more realistic, though. I mean, when we get sick with, like, the sick with jealousy or yeah. the green sickness of jealousy, that, that sort of feeling... I understand the green colorization of mm-hmm. it, but if we're looking literally, our faces get more like pale yellowy. Pale than... yellow. okay. Yeah, I guess. I wonder if there was like a specific like sickness going around around the mid eighteen like, hundreds. Yeah, when, when the phrase green. like start like the green took off more than the yellow one. Maybe it might have just been like you were saying. It's, flows better. It's better to sit just with the syllable aspect. It's better yeah. to say. Huh. Well, because in the original phrase is green with jealousy. So mm. yellow with jealousy. Kind of. That's fun, though. Yellow with jealousy. Oh, like a jingle. Do, 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 do. <laughs> 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 but that's really interesting. I didn't know that there was, like, another color associated with it. Yep. Yellow. Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so why do we turn green with envy? According to Judith S. Neiman and Carol G. Silver on, um, are they on wisegeek.com? They might have been on wisegeek or a different one. You will find out in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But anyway, according to them, uh, green and pale were alternate meanings of the same Greek word. In the 7th century BC, the poetess Sappho, or Sappho? Sappho. It's S-A-P-P-H-O. Sappho? Yeah, let's go with it. Someone will correct us. Okay, cool. Tell me if I'm wrong. I probably am. Uh, Sapfo uses the word green to describe the complexion of a stricken lover, uh, as we've referenced a couple times in examples. The Greeks believed that jealousy was accompanied by an overproduction of bile, lending a pallid green cast to the victim. Hmm. Yeah, I get. That's interesting. It also, like... Loops in the sickness, like... Yeah, the sickness aspect About it, it. yeah. yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Universal emotions, you guys. We're all feeling it from ancient Greece yeah, to now. Across all, the decades. It's all the same. <laughs> uh, although we are now more likely to attribute this color on somebody's face to eating something like, I don't know, food poisoning. Yeah. Like, if someone in front of me got, like, green and pale... My first instinct would think that they were they like ate something, something bad. or or maybe too much or too much. Of like something. how you turn orange when you eat too many carrots. I mean, I've never turned orange. I did when I was a baby. You really turned really, orange, really truly. We can get into that like, later. Did you do it? Feed you too much? No, I just really, I really, carrot. <laughs> I really, really liked carrots, and like I wasn't eating a lot of like solid foods at the time. So they're like, all right, she likes. She likes carrots. Give her, give her carrots. Just give her what she eats. Yeah, and I, like I ate so much, like my skin like started turning orange. It's a true story. I'm not even making it up. She has photographic evidence. I think. Oh my god! Shout out to Karen. If we can attain this photographic evidence, I will put it on Instagram. Okay, I'll, I'll ask her. Maybe, maybe you guys will get lucky. <laughs> Oh, this time, this one's WiseGeek. According to WiseGeek.com, 
So green with envy is one of several English sayings that have to do with the state of being jealous, which we've mentioned plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Um, jealous of the good fortune of another individual. Typically, this manifests as a desire to obtain possessions, friendships, jobs, or even love interests that are the same or similar to the person who is being envied. Being green in, with envy in the extreme does have the ability to seriously undermine confidence that may also damage relationships to a point that they cannot be healed, which we referenced before mm-hmm. also. Um, and you would know if you've watched any movie. Um, <laughs> any any <laughs> movie. Any I mean, of them. A lot of them. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> There are several different proposed origins for the idiomatic expression green with envy, with one having to do with the Judeo-Christian tradition. One school of thought holds that the Hebrew word that most closely corresponds with envy is kina. Okay. Please help me pronounce that word. It's Q-U-I-N-A-H. My first instinct was quinoa. <laughs> I know, but it's not. It's not quinoa. It's very We're different We're not talking than about a small rice. I mean, is it rice or is it like a grain? Grain. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Rice We're like not, grain. We are now talking about it, but that's not what the point was. Okay, sorry. <laughs> the point is I don't know how to pronounce this word. And anyone who speaks Hebrew, please help me. Um... But the Hebrew word for envy also has uh, has to do with changes that take place in the color of the complexion when a person is coveting the wealth or good fortune of another. Supposedly, this envy causes the body to manufacture greater quantities of green bile, which we were talking about with the Greeks yeah. and that the Greeks believed also. Interesting. Uh, which in turn affects the complexion or like uh, what the Greeks said gave them that like um, greenish pallor, like a pale green pallor. Huh. Um, A different origin for green with envy within the same tradition holds that the phrase is symbolic of the jealousy that Cain felt for his brother Abel, motivating Cain to murder his brother. The green connection is associated with the fact that Cain is identified in Jewish and Christian writings as being a farmer who would in all likelihood have grown at least some green plants. Mm Mm-hmm. Still, other purported origins for this phrase point toward a slight adaptation of references to green-eyed monsters that are found in the works of Shakespeare, as I mentioned before. Um, Whatever the origin of the idiom, there is no doubt that green with envy is well recognized as being jealous of and desiring to possess something of value that is in the possession of another person. It is possible to be green with envy when a coworker is promoted to a job that you wanted for yourself or a friend that establishes a healthy love relationship while you are currently alone. It is even possible to be jealous of someone who seems to be happy with their lives, someone uh, especially of the envious individual um Oh, if the en- envious individual is not particularly happy with their own. Huh. Um which I mean if we're all human, we felt it to some degree or another yeah. um, at some time, which is probably why the phrase is so popular or why it's persisted for so long. Yeah. Um, for a few hundred years, however long since it's been recorded for the first time. It's relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has felt it at some point in their life. Exactly. Um, but when carried to extremes, however, this type of envy can cause 
breaking up of long-standing relationships, losing your job, or, you know, just suffering or being unhappy. <laughs> well, yeah, like, mentally it's got to be really, like, taxing. Right. To be stuck in that frame of mind. What I think is interesting about this, um, like, the to, to me the most interesting is, like, I guess I never, I've heard the phrase and I've seen the phrase and I've used the phrase, but I never really considered it would be your whole skin tone would change like for some reason i always thought it was like the eyes like specifically like the eyes were changing like that's green. probably your connection with uh green-eyed monster yeah been the first rendition of it that you heard yeah so for some reason like i always just kind of like it's always been in my brain that it's always been like your eyeballs are like <laughs> your whole eyeball changing turns green yeah like a different color but like, like the iris or the whites of the eyes just like the iris Okay. The whole, I mean, the, you, you yourself turn into a monster with that like would be, holy green eyes. I mean, kind of. It would be like, in reference in shows or in cartoons, like mm-hmm. you become the green eyes. Well, it's kind of what happens, right? Like if you're jealous, mm-hmm. like it starts because like it's like a possession almost. Yeah, because the idea mm-hmm. of monsters are, is like, especially the ones that you think like you can handle, right? So like you're like, oh, it's, I'm jealous, but it's okay. Like I'm fine. But mm-hmm. if you keep obsessing about it all the time. Like, you yourself become, yeah, like, possessed by this, like, crazy monster. You're, like, jealous of people and, like, really unhappy with, like, a lot of what's going on in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. That's kind of wild. But, yeah, the the whole skin tone is really interesting. Also, like, playing into that, like, they become wholly green. Uh Uh-huh. Huh. Interesting. Would it be, like, green fur or, like, green scales? I'm talking about the monster, not the people here. I, <laughs> I would hope you wouldn't, like, sprout green fur. So you don't think that actual people back in the Shakespeare's time, <laughs> like, only a few hundred years ago, started sprouting, sprouting scales and scales. fur? Both. Combo. Because that would be fantastic. That w- but also, you would always know if someone was jealous. I mean, yeah. There you go. What if it never retracted and you were stuck? All the time. Being a green, green well, monster. Well, okay, so what age would this this monster threshold happen? I know, because right? Because you're going to experience jealousy. I would hope you would get a pass for your childhood. Uh-huh. Well, there has to be a threshold of, like, quantity of jealousy. That's true. There's, like, a jealousy meter. Yeah. Jealousy-o-meter. Some sort of biological factor. Maybe when it's, like, you're actually taking action on it. Yeah. That's when it's, like... Boom. Then it's like, oh man, this is getting into some negative self-destructive territory. You get feathers. Feathers! <laughs> I didn't even consider feathers. You didn't? No, that's awesome. <laughs> They'd look like a parrot. They would. What if they had all of it, though? Scales, fur, <laughs> feathers, and it's just like stuck until you like, do some like mental some, health work. This sounds like some sort of terrible creature from mythology. Monster. Yeah, none of this is true, you guys. <laughs> All of it's in true. Case, <laughs> in case you were wondering, people didn't really turn into that. Or maybe they did. And they just went extinct, and we don't know. It's a cover-up. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Green with Envy. Thank you. I yeah. feel like I actually really learned a lot. It. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, I think we all got to learn something here. Whether about idioms or about green or, or monsters. About, or monsters. And how people would turn into monsters only 200 years ago. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, all right. So that is the very first episode of Rhyme and Reason. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on all the social media, Rhyme 
reason pod everywhere. And then also we have a Patreon. So if you feel so inclined, we would really appreciate it. And it would help us to keep creating this or a something I want to do. And for all of you lovely Patreon supporters, you'll get to hear some episodes about fables and their origin story. Tune in next week for our next episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about hanging by a thread. It's totally not what anybody thinks. All right. So we will see you next week. Bye.